Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, rev our engines, or just need a bit more conversation. And I'm going to eat some crow on this oh, week's man. episode. Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little excited. I know you're you're elated over there. So <laughs> uh, for those of you who have been following along with us at any sort of uh, regularity, uh, I think it comes as no surprise that of the two of us, I am the GM fanboy. No. <laughs> I know, I know. This is a shocker. Uh, we have just spent the last month in Ford press rigs. God, it doesn't even feel like it's been that long. I, I know. It's just like been a flash and it's gone. It's like, been crazy. So we started off with the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. Which that did. You made the stupid <laughs> mistake of road tripping. Uh, that did feel like forever. Yeah. Because uh, as you pointed out, I road tripped that um, 1,200 miles across Texas and back. And how long did it take you? Uh, 14 plus 12. So... <laughs> A Over long, a day. A long time. Yes, 26 <laughs> hours of uh, drive time and charge time in that going to and from Amarillo. Twice uh, as long as it should have. Right. Uh, that video is actually up on our YouTube channel. It is. Uh, so youtube.com slash talk. Find out all the ins and outs of me road tripping uh, across... Most of Texas and some of Oklahoma. <laughs> and while you're there, be sure to subscribe and leave some goofy comment about how crazy Corey is yes. for road tripping an EV. Uh, especially like the day we got it. Like I, no, no time to sit around and learn it. It was here are the keys. Okay, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> like I snapped a few pictures for our Instagram, posted it up there, said, hey, here's what we've got going on. Be sure to follow us. And I was gone. So, yep. Well, gone from... Your house to the charging station. Right, right. Because, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, anyway, uh, so <laughs> after the Mach-E, we went like hard left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Into, back on track, if you right, ask me. But Right. So, yeah, we, we stepped back into old school technology from the future that is the Mach-E right. to uh, the present of the 2021 Ford Ranger Lariat with the trimmer off-road package. I would say probably the most modern mid-size pickup in the segment. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I would really like to spend some time in a Colorado to really put them side, to, side by side because if you're familiar with the Colorado and the Ranger both, they are technically very old plat well old platforms from Europe that yeah. we're like, okay, let's bring them over here. Right. So, um, to the U.S. where they should have been to start with. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so spend some time in that, uh, put it head to head against a TRD pro Tacoma. That video is still yet to come. So again, dun, dun, dun. please subscribe. Uh, then we traded that in, uh, again, hard left turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, went full on luxury. Oh man. With the 2021 King Ranch. F-150 crew cab. Power boost. Power boost uh, with the long bed and cruised that thing down to Austin and back and is a road trip beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Just soaked up all the bumps. It it was like piloting. I I would assume the Titanic is a bad ship Yeah, that's probably not a good one. But it it was like piloting a cruise ship. There you go. Because... 
it was big in every dimension. Like right, it was right. tall, it was wide, it was long. Uh, it wasn't that long. Compared to my compact cruise, <laughs> yes, it is. I'm pretty sure my cruise could have fit in the bed. Uh, but yes, it, it was a, a big vehicle. All full-size trucks are big. That is the point I am making. I'm not singling out that one, although I am because of the, the long Yeah, bed. you are. Yeah, you're <laughs> so, picking on it. Um, yes, not how I would expect it. Go, <laughs> go listen to a couple weeks ago. We dive into all the yeah, details yeah. of that. And then we traded that one in. Uh, because of our trip to Austin, I actually had to uh, head over to the warehouse in Dallas and do the swap out myself. Uh, planned that trip all wrong because we hit Dallas traffic coming back in uh, what we turn in tomorrow, sadly, in the 2021 Ford Expedition Max Limited. Pretty well specced out. Four-wheel uh, drive. Yeah, it's... It's a all the vehicles we've had have been all wheel drive or four wheel drive. Right, right. Uh, All four tires have. Yep, yep. Yep. That's interesting. I I had not put that together. I mean, it's fact, and we've talked about it in all of them. But right, only three of the four had uh, two speed transfer cases. But right, you know. So calling uh, out Mustang. (laughs) (laughs) Spending a month in Fords for me as the resident GM fanboy. Right. Uh, my walls are coming down. My outer shell is softening a bit because I am starting to get a little more critical of the general and you and I have not had a lot of wheel time in any of their products. We've had limited wheel time in like three of their products and just weren't overly impressed, which again, granted, given some time, it, it would have been amazing. You and I at the Texas Auto Riders, Texas Truck Rodeo. Uh, sampled a Yukon XL Denali with a three liter turbo diesel yeah. under the hood. Yeah, it it would have been awesome to bring that one back and put head to head up against this. Oh man, expedition. Yeah. Um, I definitely would have had to found a camper trailer somewhere for that. Oh because yeah. that would All have right. been fantastic. And uh, you and I talk about it a little in the review, uh, also yet to come on our YouTube channel. So subscribe. You know, all the things. All the things. Uh, how. You and I kind of lamented regularly the lack of the V8 grumble and growl and everything right. in King Ranch. Yeah, yeah. And had essentially the same powertrain, twin-turbo V6, right. in the Expedition, and neither one of us really minded it too much in that. Like, uh, Especially for me. I, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I was 100% completely fine with that power plant in that rig because it goes back to we've talked a lot about use cases yeah and for me i want a big loud truck we live in texas i want a big loud truck sure and that v8 grumble and growl and yes i want all of that but uh when it comes to a full-size suv it's really more about comfort and moving my family around don't get me wrong i would still like to have a big v8 (laughs) grumble uh but that wouldn't be my first priority sure and so the twin turbo V6 in this expedition had a decent sound inside and out. Uh, it, it just it wasn't like oh my gosh yes I've got to have that. Right. Uh, I loved hearing the turbos swoop. Yeah. I will, yeah, that was I will fun. say that. But for the purpose I would have it serve, it did everything as I would have liked it, short of fuel economy. 
I would agree with basically everything you just said. Yeah. Um, and I would add this. The the engine and transmission, um, again, both 10-speed, both 3.5 EcoBoost, it fit this vehicle and this drive style so much better than it did in the PowerBoost F-150, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, even being the non-hybrid. And I mentioned to you that I thought it would be interesting to see the hybrid in the Expedition moving forward. I think yes. I think there may be some, especially with uh, the uh, Grand Cherokee L uh, and the 4xe Grand Cherokee coming, mm-hmm. uh, I think there is some mm-hmm. some drive, some pull there. I know they're not quite in the same segment, but... But Jeep's doing it, so I think it would be a good idea. They've already got the power plant. They've already got the details essentially worked out. Why not throw it in the Expedition right. 2? Yeah. Um, and it would help out some of those uh, numbers when it comes to the fuel economy, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, because uh, to be fair, traffic and everything that we – so I drove one to Dallas and one back from Dallas. Granted, I got stuck in worse traffic coming back, but – I got 21 MPG taking the King Ranch there, and I got 18 coming back. Right. So, yes, there there's a lot to be said about that hybrid powertrain, especially when you get stuck in traffic, that stop and go. And when we swapped out on Saturday, it was around 16 and a half, mm-hmm. and I never could get it any higher than 16 and a half. Yeah. Um, granted, there was some spirited driving in there, yes. showing it off to my family and whatnot, yes. but... Uh, but I mean, even just driving it back and forth to work and that type of thing, again, where a hybrid would shine, right? Um, it it just yeah. fell a little short in yeah. that department. But yeah. just yeah, um, of the four Fords that we drove, uh, this one was delivered in as much a configuration as I would spec myself as any of them. Uh, about the only real complaint I had with how the Mach-E was specced is it was silver. No, thank you. Right. No silver for me. Never silver. No. Um, <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Corey. <laughs> I, I like the extended range, the 0, 0.60 and 4.8 seconds. I, I liked all that. It just needed uh, more range, which I'm sure is coming in future years and all that right, stuff. But right. As that one was specced, uh, I was thoroughly impressed. It kind of shows off the future of Ford interiors, which oh, yeah. completely wowed me. Uh, that large 15-inch screen is already slated to go in the F-150 Lightning, and now the 22 Expedition, uh, that is the upscale screen you can get in there. So Ford is pushing product from that Mach-E into other, other products. So yeah, right. um, thoroughly appreciated the interior of that and how it was specced. Uh, the trimmer was a little old school Ford for me. Uh, it just reminded me of everything I used to not like about Fords. Uh, then we stepped into the King Ranch, liked it a lot. You and I, again, two weeks ago, basically came to the conclusion. It, it, it is not our truck. It was right. not built right. with us in mind. And, uh, it's just not the lifestyle or the use case that we need right now. We would have specced it completely differently. Sure. And uh, then come into this one. I mean, everything down to the color. Uh, 
man. <laughs> <laughs> so this had the rapid red with all the chrome accents because it was limited. And those two things together with those 22-inch wheels, it just clicked for me. Uh, it really did. And uh, not being a Ford fanboy or even just heavily invested in Ford, I, I keep up with what the entire industry is doing. But I had to do a little research on exactly where this limited trim fell in the hierarchy. And for the Max version, it was second to the bottom. So it goes right. XLT, Limited, King Ranch, and then Platinum. Right. Uh, we've seen a few Platinums around town. You can definitely tell they oh, are yeah. top of the line. They are super blingy. Uh, sure. A little too blingy for me. Uh, the King Ranch, again, some of the same criticisms of uh, the F-150 we had. Just a little bit not my taste. Right. So this Limited really is where I would go. And it would compare maybe with uh, an LT or a Premier trim, uh, Silver Silverado, uh, Suburban or Tahoe, uh, if you're comparing it to the Fords. I mean, to the Chevys. Wow, I can't talk. I'm all <laughs> flustered that I'm saying I would buy a Ford here. Right. Uh, but it it did not scream that it wasn't top of the line. It looked spectacular. And I honestly think, especially with the upgrades that Ford is bringing to the 22 model, it's the best looking of the bunch by far. Everything I liked about the design of this, the boxy styling the straight lines mm -hmm. and just overall dimensions they only perfected with the facelift for 22 so pretty much the only gripe i had with the styling of the 21s and older was the front was a little vanilla and yeah they have now fixed that and so yeah all told uh if i'm shopping the full-size segment i would highly highly recommend checking out your Ford dealer and looking into this expedition because it, they have risen to the occasion. They are looking to take down the King, which is the Tahoe suburban combination. And they're on track to do it with this. I, I was thoroughly impressed top to bottom. I agree. Um, one of the other areas that you and I like, it really stuck out to both of us was the maneuverability of this oh, compared yeah. to, oh, yeah, yeah. Most of the, uh, well, and probably compared to the F-150 with a crew cab and six and a half a bed we just came out of. But, <laughs> I mean, helped. this thing, it did not feel like it was the long wheelbase one. Mm -mm. I, I just road tripped uh, one of our 2020s uh, at the place I work to Longview and back today. Mm -hmm. And it feels, and they're the short wheelbase ones. Right, right. It really feels no different. If anything, the long wheelbase, which is typical, rides better. Right. But it's no less maneuverable than I'm sure on paper. Yeah, you could get down to the inches that it, yes. you know, turning circle, all, all those types of things. But I mean, for swinging in and out of parking spots, for backing it into places, all those things, it just did not feel as big as it was unless you were straight line cooking down the road and you're looking down on. Seltoses and <laughs> right. you know, like all the 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 midsize and compact CUVs and SUVs and and you felt you felt something special in that rig. Right. You really did. Uh, I felt like the progression of the interior for the four rigs that we that we've had went Ranger, absolutely Expedition, okay King Ranch, mm -hmm. 
and then to the Maki, with the Maki being the most modern. Right. I th- I felt like there were quite a few similarities between the Ranger and the Expedition mm-hmm. in some of the kind of hard plastics the, yeah. used and things like that. Bridging the gap between the old school, old way of doing things and, and then, Ford then, really saying, okay, we need to step it up. Right. And then in the King Ranch, of course, the big screen, same in the Mach-E, you know, that obviously that's a, a purpose-built, very specific truck being right. the King Ranch, but uh, it points towards what Ford is leaning into and... I think I think Ford's going to do something really right with the interior on the 22. I will say I've been perusing Ford's website and just staying up to date with the changes happening in the 22s. And about the only downside for me is the completely digital gauge cluster. So they've lifted it from that King Ranch. Right. Which it was refreshing to me to get into this expedition because it had actual analog gauges and... I will say the uh, touch or not touch screen, but the color screen in between the two gauges, right, left a little to be desired. It was a little uh, small. It, it it was more or less inefficient use of space and layout of the screens in there. They could have organized it a whole lot better. Uh, there were a few things I felt missing uh, from the digital layout of it this is the the one in between the cluster right in between the tack and the uh, speedometer i never could find something there that i liked looking at yeah i had it on the speedometer most of the time but even that was again inefficient use of space it was kind of small for what it was there was just a lot of blank space surrounding it and it was redundant because there's a speedo now right Right, next to it right and the problem i have going to the 22 and the full gauge cluster is I liked on the Mach-E, it had a small, completely digital uh, gauge cluster right behind the steering wheel. And because of its small size, they just put the absolute necessary information up there. Sure. With the King Ranch that we had, it was huge, like 12 inches. and Busy. It was busy, and they really leaned into digital. Yeah. It was all digital. They had analog-like... Uh, circles <laughs> with uh, increments marked, but that was about it. Uh, it, it. There were, there was no old school analogness to it. It was just digital, and yeah. uh, it, it's almost like they took what was good on the Maki, blew it up, and then ruined it uh, on, on the on the King Ranch. And unfortunately, it does look like they're putting the same gauge cluster in the expedition for 22 so i'm pretty sure you can option away from that uh kind of going with my theme of not getting top of the line that may be the one i uh i hunt after yeah when specking one out for myself because i really did i appreciated this limited it was right where i wanted it to be um no really no gripes on the interior the screen, the 8.4-inch screen or whatever it was in it, did feel small because we had been driven, driving things with such right, right. large screens, but completely fine and capable. The resolution on the cameras was a little low, showing its age, but again, that'll be fixed in 22. Right. I just, yeah, if you, if you are in the full-size segment and you're not shopping the expedition, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Sure. At least cross-shop it. Oh, yeah. And... 
that is saying a lot from <laughs> this GM family. I, I can't emphasize that enough that it, it spending a month in Ford products has started to change my perception of the brand. Yes, I came in with brand bias and I was immediately reminded why I had the brand bias with the Ranger because to your point, it, it was... It was the, antiquated. Yes, it was the lower end. It's how Ford used to do things. Uh, but I am very much on board with the direction that they are going. Right. Shy of that 12.4 inch digital gauge cluster. That, that needs. Yeah. yeah. Fix it, please. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Fix. Yes. As far as the exterior is concerned, and you pointed this out to me multiple times, including on the review, being able to stare out the rearview mirror yes. and see that streamlined look down the side. And I have since, I, I should have snapped a picture of it and sent mm-hmm. it to you. I found an older suburban Tahoe mm-hmm. that has that same goofy peak to it. Mm-hmm. Not even the previous generation, right. but like four or five generations back where yeah. they did the same thing. Yeah. So they're following suit in that regard. Um, but for this, yes, uh, especially the profile view of this truck, it's just spectacular. <laughs> it really does remind me of the 90s models at a GM because they were boxes on wheels. And that's what I like so much about them, even to this day, uh, 20, 30 years later, just all the straight lines on those 90s models of Tahoes and Suburbans. Yeah. It, it worked. And the fact that Chevy and General Motors has just said, eh, to that, <laughs> to the point where if you look at the rear window on a 2021, Tahoe or Suburban or Yukon or Escalade, they're tiny. Yeah, like, they're a little bitty. Itty, and itty, for bitty. what? I mean, like, it's yeah, it, uh, just for a body line. Like it, it I, I feel like it was a mistake on the designer's part because again, everybody wants that boxy styling. Everybody wants that rugged look that comes with straight lines and uh, yeah, the design of the new Tahoe and Suburban and all of them, uh, it just, mm, it falls a little short for me. I do like the face right. of them, uh, but yeah, that profile, it just mm, doesn't quite do it for me. It, it, it They definitely busied it up with right, all right. the windows going down the side. Uh, the Ford just has a cleaner look, and is it's really visually where it's at for me. It's the best looking of the segment. Um, there you go. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> so yeah, eating crow this week because yeah, yeah. Uh, all it took was a month in Ford products, and now I'm I'm looking at them in a new light. So. Dun dun dun! You're coming to the dark side. I, one other thing that that struck me about the limited package specifically was the 22s. The the, uh, the base model, the XL, the XLTs come with 20s. Mm-hmm. And because of the massive existence that is these <laughs> trucks, yes. the 20s look too small. Yeah. And I know... It's where we've gone with vehicles. It's, Again, it's full-size ridiculous. vehicles are huge. <laughs> full-size vehicles are huge. But uh, the 22s on the Limited were just enough. Right. Uh, there was still enough profile on the tire... <laughs> even be in 45 series tires yeah. uh, to to really set off the look of that truck and remind you, 
again, it wasn't over the top flashy with it, but it reminded you if you if you paid it just a little bit of attention that it is something special, and uh, it really really looks nice. Uh, I I did really like the twenty twos on that one. Yep, and again, going back to use case, I'm not going to be off roading it. Like I want to, I want the four by four to know that if I get in a situation where I would need additional traction, sure, I I can go there. Uh, you and I have gone at length <laughs> talking about uh, how the tires are the limiting factors, and this had those Pirelli Scorpions on it as well. So, right, right. Uh, as spec, you're not taking this one off road, which. Ford has addressed for 22 with the new Timberline edition. Uh, let's see. Enhanced off-road capabilities. Let's see what we've got on this. So it's got the 3.5 liter EcoBoost, 440 horsepower, 510 pound-feet of torque. Uh, uh, so they're upgrading the motor from this year, too. Uh, trail control technology with uh, engine braking and... Uh, it says works with braking and throttle systems to give you more control on tough and the uneven terrain and steep grades. Nice. It has 18 inch wheels, which yes. Hallelujah. Thank you Ford. <laughs> uh, they built a purpose built off-road rig and put 18s on it, not twenties with faux off-road tires. Right. Uh, Can you tell what size they are? The tires? Uh, let's see, unique 18-inch wheels, 32-inch all-terrain tires. Still got a two-speed transfer case. Uh, That's good. High-gloss black wheels, two-speed. Yeah, it doesn't say on here. But, uh, yeah, just very much appreciated that uh, if you want an off-road one, again, talking, <laughs> we went on and on about uh, how brands are watering down, in Ford's case, FX4. Sure. To get you into... Uh, trimmer on their trucks. That's the new go-to and Timberline on the SUVs because yeah. they introduced it first on the Explorer. Now it's coming out on the Expedition. Uh, very interesting to see how uh, Ford is progressing in that area and getting away from option codes and giving it an actual name and personality behind it. So right. uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. Perhaps they're stealing a little uh, mojo from Jeep with their Trailhawk. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And so I, just, I don't know that I would spec one. Right. I'd probably still go limited, but we'll see. I was just noticing on there the uh, upgrade, not only in power, but for towing. Mm-hmm. And I want to speak to that for just a minute because okay. uh, this is a half-ton truck-based mm-hmm. SUV mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. thankfully, still. There are frame rails, right? right? It's body on chassis. Love that design. Love that element. It creates a much more rugged, much more capable vehicle when it comes to things like off-roading and towing. Hey, gearheads. We are coming to you again for our second annual car show. GT Garage Talk's Unlikely Heroes Car Show, presented by Car Wash by Kane at Hilltop Church of the Nazarene here in Tyler, Texas. Saturday, October 23rd, 2021, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., this car show will be unlike any other because we are celebrating the vehicles that do all of the dirty work of commuting us around day-to-day but get none of the recognition. That's right. We want to see your daily drivers, your beaters, your car's missing body panels and parts, and the cars with warning lights lit up like Christmas on the dashboard. We will be giving out many different awards in different categories like biggest puddle left behind, most missing body panels, 
or even our $100 cash prize going to the winner of Car Wash by Kane's People's Choice Award winner. This year, we'll also have a special addition to the car show, a touch-a-truck event for kids. This will be your kids' opportunity to get up close and personal with some big vehicles they may not get to see any other way. Fire trucks, patrol cars, and more. Entry to both events is free, but you must register your car if you want to be featured in our show and to be eligible for prizes. Registration is only $15, with a portion going to support a local charity. More information can be found at gtgaragetalk.com slash car show. We cannot wait to see you and your unlikely hero out at our car show. The truck that we're in had a 9,000 pound tow rating. Mm-hmm. Upgraded for 2022, it goes to 9,200, uh, 9, so an additional 200 pounds of towing. The fact of the matter is, and this goes for the full-size SUV segment across the board, the fact of the matter is, number one, the demographic of people who can afford a brand new $70-plus thousand dollar, yeah. I, mean, I just clicked on the diesel option on the Suburban, it put it up over seventy grand. Yeah. Just that, that quick. Yeah. Um, so the demographic of people that can afford that aren't typically going to pull their camper trailer with this truck because they have a pickup in the driveway. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So maxing out the towing on a vehicle like this doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense, right? You go to a half-ton truck even, and you're 12, it's almost 13,000, depending on how you option one yep. out. Yep. Uh, and then you go to three quarter ton and now you're at 20,000 pounds, which is insane. <laughs> Pull a house behind you. The, and, and so I'll go back to this. 9,000 pounds is plenty. Mm-hmm. A 30 foot tandem axle trailer, camper trailer is going to yeah. run about 6,500 pounds, which means you and your kids and all your gear and the camper is going to put you at about the tow rating. Um, it's plenty. It's plenty, plenty. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest boats out there, 24-foot, twin-engine uh, Yamaha jet boat, weighs about 5,500 pounds. That's nothing behind a truck like this. So don't think that, you know, well, it doesn't have 10,000 pounds towing or it doesn't have 12,000 pounds. Yeah, it's a truck-based SUV, but it's still an SUV. Right. And it's still... Again, the in- use case. <laughs> exactly. Independent rear suspension means it's less capable when it comes to towing. But 80% of the people buying full-size SUVs are doing it because they want to put people in it, not because mm-hmm. they're putting a trailer behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's I just a strange came, world we live in. Yeah, I just came across uh, another feature of the Timberline that just puts a smile on my face because it has a giggle button. Uh, if you have watched my driving impressions of the uh, Ford Bronco, uh, Ford was gracious enough to invite me out to the off-rodeo here in Texas right. and to experience all the glory and majesty that is uh, the Ford Bronco in its element. Um, it introduced a feature called Trail Turn Assist, which uses the anti-lock brake systems to basically lock up the inside rear wheel Mm -hmm. on whichever way you're turning to decrease your turning radius. And 2022 Expedition Timberline 
has trail turn assist. Nice. It has a giggle button, and it it truly is that because it puts a smile on your face every time you you use it. And I can only imagine you and I were talking about how maneuverable this was. Oh yeah. As is, huh. uh, you take it out and get it in the dirt and hit that button. You're going to be making a turn on a dime. Oh in yeah. A, in a rig that is long enough to overland and comfortably sleep sure. in the back. Yeah. So. Or you know, trying to get into that type place in the mall and you can parking garage whatever lock really that inside turn some heads <laughs> yes dragging that tire a little bit yeah but uh oh my goodness uh chevy if you are listening uh-huh give us a test rig because y- you are losing long-term faithful over here uh the the products that we have sampled from famoco as matt lovingly calls it are starting to turn my head more than they would have when this month started. You know, it would be epic. What would be epic? A Suburban mm-hmm. with a 3-liter diesel, 10-speed mm-hmm. automatic, mm-hmm. ZR2 package. That would be amazing, and I'm not holding my breath on it that. It would look awful, but <laughs> it would be amazing. So, uh, Colorado ZR2, you can get with a 2.8-liter yeah, uh, diesel. Yeah, diesel in it. So, um, man... Man, I, that would missing be missing so many marks here. But Come that on. would be the direct competitor to this, would it not? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it really would. And you and I mentioned while we were driving that uh, Duramax powered uh, Yukon Denali around, uh, just the the different propulsion systems that brands are looking at for these full size rigs, right? And how, how they are getting creative to address the issue of fuel economy and that is where the duramax wins out hands down uh do you know what the fuel rating is on that offhand i, I was getting like, ready to look it up i feel like you've got it pulled up but i, I do know that uh it starts in a three <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah uh so the fuel economy on that three liter eco diesel is outstanding EPA estimated 27 MPG on the highway in a Suburban, so right. comparable vehicle. So, I, like I said, I got 18, 27. Yeah. That's a massive jump right there. Right. Uh, 277 horsepower, 460 pound-feet of torque. Same 10-speed automatic, maybe gear uh, programmed slightly differently. Sure, but sure. Uh, Essentially, the exact same transmission because co-developed between these two competing uh, co- companies. But uh, oh my goodness, yeah. Um, and it's an inline six, which means it's going to run smoother mm-hmm. instead of that worky jerky uh, V six from <laughs> Ford. Uh, nearly every one of those three point fives that I've gotten in that has over sixty thousand miles has some sort of vibration or weird rumble to it. So yeah. you put an inline six in it; it's a balanced engine. Uh, and the torque, I mean, three liter, I know it's only a half a liter smaller than the 3.5 EcoBoost, but three liter with 277 horsepower and 460 foot pounds of torque. That's incredibly comparable numbers for the, uh, the, the EcoBoost and the economy is through the roof. That's, that's a hard that's a hard one to pass up for sure. Yeah. So if you're really wanting to eat up highway miles and do it as efficiently as possible in a rig of this size, because there are other eight passenger vehicles out there as well, but uh, 
that is one area where, yes, uh, the general has come out swinging and said, hey, we've got this engine here. Uh, let's see what we can do with it. And yes, absolutely. Uh, the sucker punch to anything Ford is trying to do in the fuel economy range. So yeah, um, there you have it. Expedition. <laughs> high on my shopping list. Very high. Except for the fact, right. and you've already touched on it, $73,000 window sticker on yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, we've gone on and on about um, how I'm just becoming an old man and I've become a cheapskate <laughs> in my old age. I've <laughs> got both of the vehicles in my garage are paid off. It's really hard for me to turn around and bite off a car payment after not having one for over a year. So there's a lot to be said there. Uh, but having this job uh, makes it very difficult uh, to say um, just any one way of which to go because there are so many good choices out there. And, and that's really the crux of it. Uh, going back to our trip down to Austin where we had access to 50 different vehicles to test back to back to back to back to back. Right. I kept asking the question, how many times can you fall in love on one press trip? Because there were so many different vehicles with different missions that did things just a little bit differently. But all would be welcome in my garage. Sure. And uh, I, I guess this job is creating commitment issues <laughs> for me uh, in the vehicle realm. Because uh, it, it really is what... Are you trying to accomplish? What use case are you trying to get out of it? And what compromises are you willing to make to get there? Yeah. Because, again, uh, Expedition, completely capable, completely competent, uh, very comfortable, highway cruiser. You're making sacrifices in fuel economy, which sure. I feel is a travesty because you're already sacrificing two cylinders uh, in an effort to do it. I, I feel like a V8 could get the same fuel economy that that twin-turbo V6 does. So, uh, you have some more torque and it's, it, a different sound, but uh, right, yeah. The the difference is from from one to the other. From what I've seen and what I've experienced is with a V eight, you don't get quite as good. Like you know, apples to apples. So uh, a, a V eight that gets uh, or that has four hundred horsepower and four hundred fifty foot pounds of torque. Versus a twin turbo V6 that has 400 horsepower, 450 foot pounds of torque. The dry MPG is going to be this much better on the EcoBoost, right? Uh, versus the five liter. But if you put a trailer behind both of them, yeah, the 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 V8 is going to do so much better pulling, both in its sustainable power output. And in its fuel economy, um, so it while the EcoBoost may get twenty on the highway, and the V8 gets eighteen, when you put a trailer behind it, the the V8 goes to fifteen, and the EcoBoost goes to ten. Yeah. So there's a drastic difference there. So again, it goes back to the purpose of what you're doing and how often you tow and stuff like that. And but again, the sacrifices you intend to make in order to get to that uh, and final. You know, something similar could be understood, too. You put five people in this thing, plus all their luggage for a week-long mm -hmm. trip, and guess what? You've got an extra 2,000, almost 3,000 pounds worth of stuff in it. 
And, uh, yeah, that's going to hurt your economy too. So uh, to your point earlier, you priced out a Suburban. So I don't know what trim you were on. I went with the RST over here, put that 3-liter uh, Duramax diesel in it, and spec'd it out very similarly, uh, even down to the color, to our limited expedition. And I'm at 71000 So, uh, again, they're, they're neck and neck. They're swinging at one another, uh, trying to be very competitive with one another. Uh, it's hard to get exactly apples to apples because they package them differently. Right. But, um, yeah, I would very much like to. In fact, I went by our local Chevy dealership trying to find one to compare to this. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, well, uh, they're sold out. <laughs> Everybody's sold out. Everybody's so, sold out. Um, there you have it. Uh, I'm eating crow. Uh, I'm coming around on Fomoco. And really, really, really looking forward to getting some serious windshield time in some of the newest Chevrolet GM products uh, to just reaffirm why I loved the brand and make sure I'm not just losing my mind. Um, you because, are. It's okay. Uh, yeah, Come to the dark side. Okay. Oh, so you admit it. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, a little bit shorter one this week, uh, but wanted to wrap up our month-long adventure with Ford products um, and, and just tell you from a GM fanboy, I do believe the future is bright for the Blue Oval brand. Uh, they are dabbling in some technology. I know that's not your forte. Uh, that really piques my interest. Both the Mach-E and the King Ranch uh, F-150 both had Blue Cruise capable hardware already in them they right. just did not have the software uh which upsets me because i really want to test that <laughs> that feature out uh but the day is coming the day is coming that we will uh go down that tech route and, and really put all that to the test but uh we wouldn't oh yes what before Corey, when this episode goes live uh-huh we are within 24 hours mm-hmm. of our car show yes if you haven't heard <laughs> that we're having a car show, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but you should come. Um, and and I, I speak to those of you who are you know outside the U.S., feel free to join us yeah. for our car show. Uh, feel free to come and bring a vehicle if you want to. Uh, there will be probably a prize for... The longest distance driven, I would imagine. There is. Visit Tyler is sponsoring the furthest traveled for any entered car into our show. Yeah. So uh, we will use your uh, registration address there you uh, go. as a determining factor on just how far you had to get here. And you'll win some swag from Visit Tyler. Yeah, very uh, cool. Very cool. But uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. We have way too much to do in such a short amount of time to get there. And mm. Uh, it's, mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm, it's going to be a little stressful, but it's going to be all worth it, right? Absolutely. Because last year's was a blast. Uh, we're planning on going bigger and better this year. We're going to have bounce houses, uh, touch a truck event, which yeah. is new this year. And, uh, our title sponsor has just been knocking it out of the park. Oh, huge yeah. Thanks to car wash by Kane. If you are in the need of a, a little exterior cleanup on your vehicle and you are in the white house area, head over to, Car wash by Kane, 
Uh, it's it, right by Kane Elementary. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how that works. <laughs> um, but there you go. Uh, be sure and hit them up and uh, tell them we sent you if you happen to see someone while, we, while you're there. But it, it, they have a self-service car wash as well as a uh, touchless drive-thru as well. So, Other than that, we have nothing for anyone else to look forward to because we have no more press rigs on the way, right? Uh, not currently, but I, I'm... I'm Working my magic. I, yeah. I, I've got emails out. And we're harassing we're, as many people as we can to yeah. get as many of the rigs as we're we can. Trying to do the best. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, we are so backlogged on video content from the right. Texas Truck Rodeo. Yeah. That uh, again, if you have not yet subscribed on YouTube, go do it because for the next couple of weeks, months, I don't know how long we're <laughs> we are going to have some uh, brand new content for you. Uh, most of which went on an off-road course that tested articulation, hill descent, um, different traction uh, capabilities. So you, you In- including yes, a Maserati. I know, like there are perks. The heck were we doing <laughs> in a right. Maserati in the dirt? Having fun. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. I'm sure we could have done so much more in it if the brain guy weren't writing with us. But uh, it is what it is. Travis, we appreciate you. No, absolutely. On. Absolutely. So on that note, uh, you can go find us on Facebook and Instagram. Find out what we're doing before it hits anything else. And those are at GT Garage Talk. And you can go to GTGarageTalk.com for links to everything we do, including our YouTube channel. Until next time. Bye.